There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows that used to be on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Steve. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And tonight we'll be discussing episode six of season four of The Expanse. Holy cow. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I don't know about you. I was like so on edge with this one. Oh yeah. I think Absolutely. my shoulders were up to my ears. because Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. What? And especially the end. Yes. Oh God. <laughs> I was freaking out. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, okay. We're going to jump in. So go ahead, Steve. Take us in because otherwise I'm going to keep being like, oh my God. Oh my God. Okay, episode six, Displacement. The Rossi crew prepares for an incoming disaster on Ellis. Ashford and Drummer close in on an enemy within the belt, and Bobby takes on a dangerous job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, yeah, and it does. We'll open with Ava Solara, who we see very, very briefly in this episode, just long enough to have an aide come in and inform her that they have lost all contact with Illis. Great. And she's not a happy camper. No, she's pretty pissed off. Yeah. But I don't know if I was more mad that we didn't get more of her or just mad that she isn't going where I want her to go yet. I don't know. One of those things. Right. Yeah, this upcoming election is weighing on her immensely and she's actually having to think about decisions that she makes from a multiple angles where normally she goes no this is what we're doing and do it so yeah i think things are going to get really sticky for our Avasalara here in the near future and i want to know what's happening with nancy gao it's like i get it we got a whole lot more going on but not having it at all kind of worries me right so now we're gonna go <gasps> check in with bobby and we see her carrying out her first mission under isai's command i was mad yeah i just want her to be there is what it is yeah, me too. Apparently, she's a bodyguard because she successfully takes out a buyer's lackey in one fell swoop. I wish she would have went ahead and broke his wrist, but because <laughs> this guy was attempting to ambush the meeting between the two mid-negotiation. Yeah, it kind of actually worried me. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, wait, does he have a gun? What's he going to do? But yeah, he had some kind of weapon on him. Yeah. That's for sure. And then the other girl, I mean, Bobby takes it out. The other girl picks it up. So that was that was good teamwork. But, oh, that other girl. I still want to punch her in the face. Yes. Now, later on, we see Bobby enjoying some post-horizontal tangoing with Thomas. Well, that escalated quickly. Right? It's like, okay. 
I hope Alex never finds out. And we also see her enjoying drinks with a new business scheme. And at least we find out who David's girlfriend's name is, Lily, which doesn't make it any easier to like her. <laughs> I just know. Just know. Yeah. And this new guy is named Beltran. And of course, Bobby wants to try to get to know this guy and if he's ex-military, but he's not answering any of her questions. So, of course, Bobby doesn't completely trust him, especially since they have no idea what they're stealing. Later on, they head to a hydraulic door to gain access to the merchandise. However, the door will not open. Wonderful. So, of course, Bobby has worked with hydraulics before, so she knows how to manually disconnect the system. Unfortunately, the space suit she grabs has very little oxygen. That this, was scary. Yes, very. Does not bode well. So she heads outside to climb the terraforming tower that houses said electro hydraulics. And my goodness, she had to climb almost all the way up that tower, get inside, and then climb almost all the way down. What a pain in the ass. <laughs> and when it started beeping, again, this is when the the shoulders meet the ears because it's stress, stress. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, Bobby. Yeah, Especially, you're waiting for that wrist to turn red. Oh my God. Especially when she sees somebody and I'm like, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> what does this mean? I thought they were going to leave her. I swear that blonde girl. Oh yeah, absolutely. It wouldn't have surprised me either if Lily and Isai just said, oh well, so much for Bobby. So of course she gets the hydraulic system disconnected and. They're able to get in the door, and of course, when she tries to leave and make the long climb back up and back out, and oh, guess what? The door won't open. And we see a guy sitting there going, yeah, I got your ass this time. Right? I was really thinking, oh my god, this is going to be it. We're going to lose Bobby, and I'm going to be super pissed. Yeah, it was one of those things, well, well, either she's going to get caught and turned in and put in prison, or she's going to run out of oxygen and die. Neither one of those are acceptable. But she awakens to find Issei and Lily packing up the goods and whoever had caught her tied up in the corner. And Issei tells her that she did a great job today. She better gotten paid really well for all that. Yeah, to almost die. Yeah, and we go check in on Drummer and Ashford, and I guess Ava Solara had decided to send the Tripoli out to the ring and pay the Medina Station a little visit. And of course, they're not real happy with the Belters for seemingly bluffing about the Sojourner's status. Okay, this ticked me off because... Oh, absolutely! Drummer has been on the up and up and given all the time. information. Yep. And they're going to treat her like crap. Yeah, like every other belter. Uh. Drummer reveals that they genuinely thought the ship was long gone, sold for parts. And Drummer also tells the officer that Marco Inaros is most likely behind the attack, and they plan on capturing him and killing him shortly. I'm like, hmm, maybe that should have happened already, but just throwing that out there. I had a feeling Drummer would end up regretting her decision before this was over with, and it sure seems like that's going to be the case. Especially, they're looking at that, I can't say footage, but 
whatever. And when they see him kind of in the background of something. Right. I feel, and this is completely me, that in Drummer's mind, not only is she mad that she didn't just space him, but it's like he's setting me up on top of all of it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. But knowing that what she's doing, 100% was trying to get the belters on an even playing field as beginner. Yep. Because I truly believe that this is what's in her head and her heart. She's like, they're not better than us. We've just had different circumstances. But you know what? We're just as strong, if not stronger. But we're going to play their game and do their politics so that they can see we're not all terrorists and everything and our people can have a place. And then when she sees him do this to undermine everything yeah, that she's like, she could chew glass is basically what, like, you've seen that jaw clench. I was like, oh, yeah. She was, put it this way, Marco was lucky he wasn't within arm's reach. Yeah. Exactly. Because he wouldn't have a head. Then later on, we see Ashford in his ship watching a recording of him singing to a baby. It's like, okay, what the hell's going on here? Now, I'm like so (laughs) flustered. Okay. Now, first I noticed that you didn't see the burn on him. Right. So it's like, okay. This was in the past. Yeah. Definitely. But I'm like, I feel like he said something about having a daughter at one point, but I could Possibly, yeah. Right. So that's why I was like, is it? Is it not? I don't know. But it, and then I'm sorry, but it was really weird when he let the baby go and it's just floating. Right. Because that's so weird. <laughs> but it was cool. I love the effect. Oh, absolutely. But it's just kind of strange seeing him as like the loving father because we haven't seen that side of him. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and it's and? like, I shouldn't have that like preconceived notion that he's just a super hard ass, but it, it's just. It's what we've gotten so far, so it's just right. weird. Right, yes. We haven't seen a whole lot of the Belters being loving parents. It's like they haven't had a chance. Right. And as soon as I saw that, I went, all right, we know Ashford and Marco were pretty close. And could that baby have been Naomi? Oh, no. <laughs> that would be something else. See, I was thinking it was even further back. Oh, my God. No, right, but we don't know when he got all those burns. I want to say it was fairly recent, so it's very possible that that was Naomi's child. Wow. I didn't even think of that. I'm a bad nerd. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, Drummer and Ashford discover... Marco in a video call from a firefighter ship, Pazuza. Now... That's the one I was talking about. Right. And I don't know if that was actually him or that was a setup. Because even Drummer mentions that how would he be so stupid to be get caught in the video feed? Especially knowing that they can track the ship and that right. there's nothing and, you know, nowhere for them to stop. Right. So it's like, Something just doesn't seem right about this. Exactly. But, of course, they decide they're going to track that ship down, board it, and take down Marco for good. Well, we'll see about that. Oh, they're going to track the ship. That much yeah. was going to happen. Yes. Now we go <laughs> check on Illis, and we open with Naomi and Alex studying a new phenomenon erupting on Illis. As one of its islands exploded like a reactor. And I have a theory about that. Oh, okay. Yes. 
I believe that, yes, Holden removed the root, which started the machinery, which started that one thing that was plowing up the ground. Mm -hmm. But because it got destroyed, this system went into basically self-defense mode. Oh, you feel like self-defense or self-destruct? I think it's self-defense because if it was in self-destruct mode i think it would have taken everything out immediately but because i have a feeling it thinks that there is something out there that could possibly cause it harm it's gone into oh no i'm not letting anybody down here or anybody off of here oh And, of course, they share this information with Holden, who's still in the encampment, attempting to defuse a hostile situation between the Belters and the RCE. And, oh my god, can we, I just want to shoot that guy. Can't stand him with the RCE, because his name escapes me, I'm just mad at him. But, thank you. He's just standing there, like, super smug, and how Holden is holding back. Okay, really, how Amos is holding back. Right. Because Amos, I mean, he shows, like, zero emotion most of the time and is quick to fight. But just looking at his face and the way that Murtry says stuff, how does Amos not just go lay him out once? I know. It's difficult for him because if Holden wasn't there, he would have done it. But he's trying to be a good crew member for Holden. Well, you know what? Amos is the only one that seems to actually have a level head right now, too. That's very true. And he's the one who's getting everybody else to shut up. Because (laughs) when Holden has to, to share all this really bad news, everyone's arguing with each other instead. And Amos is like, all right, let's fire off some shots. Oh, hey, Captain's got something to tell y'all. Yeah. Which I thought was a little amusing. But it's like, listen, we're here to help both of you. Right. And what's happening on this planet is helping no one. No, because a series of cataclysmic events are set to take place over the next 10 hours. You're going to have shock waves, aftershocks, and tsunami-like waves. And I think that is really what kind of made everyone pause. It's like, wait, what? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, oh, like, for real? Like, yeah, I'm not playing around. You can blame me all you want. But you know what? It's coming. You want to stay? I guess you can stay. Right. You'll die, but you can stay. You, You do you. Yeah. And Holden's not even willing to let them do that. Because, of course, he relays all this information to the encampment, and good old Carol Chewiwi is skeptical and turns around and uses that to urge Holden to support the Belters in their quest to claim Illus as their own. Of course, Holden can't speak for Avasalara or Earth, but he'll do the best he could to help them out. It's like, do you realize, Miss Chewiwi, that there may not be an Illus left at this point? Right! I mean, yeah, you're talking tsunami. This could be completely uninhabitable when things start happening. Right! But sure, you want it? I'll see what I can do for you. Right. Making no promises. Right. So with everyone on board with evacuating, including Murtry, the camp begins to pack it all up. Uh, Later on the Rossi, Alex informs Lucia that her daughter Felicia is safe aboard the Barbacolola. Oh, thank God. I was really worried. Oh, yeah. No, and I was really thinking that Murtry had her stashed somewhere. Yep. Now, of course, Lucia is giddy with excitement and asks Alex 
if she can call Felicia. And of course, the daughter is not a happy camper. No, this kind of hurt my heart. Oh, absolutely. You figure, all right, Jocko, what the hell are you doing telling that to your daughter? You ought to let your wife handle that. At least wait till you're together or something. Damn. Right. But of course, nope. He told her everything and she wants absolutely nothing to do with Lucia. That's because he doesn't know everything. And so, yeah, he's giving information like third hand. Yeah. He's not giving the whole story. And the only one that can do that is Lucia. Right. And then it goes from bad to worse as suddenly the reactor on the Rossi goes out. Uh Uh-oh. And we find out it's not just the Rossi. No, the Barb and the Edward Israel are also unable to move. At first, I didn't know what they were showing. When you see that little drop, I'm like, oh, God, is it protomolecule? Right. (laughs) No, it was keeping the molecules from interacting. When they explained that, I got it, but I was like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. So none of these ships orbiting Illus can generate enough power to move very far. Now, of course, Naomi and Alex fill in Holden, but the time window is closing in on evacuating everyone off Illus before the major weather storm hits. And we also find out that the barb is unable to hold out for long without power as it's falling lower and lower into Illus's atmosphere. I'm like, oh crap. Yeah. No, they have to be able to restart their engine. Yeah. And of course, naturally, this news worries Lucia as her daughter is on the barb. And we see Murtry having one of the shuttles sent down, attempting to land on Illus. And it incinerated it before even getting through the atmosphere. Now, as craptastic as that is, I felt a little bit relieved. And I, I say this because Mercury was being all shitty about, oh, no, I don't want the belters on my ship. And, and right, Holden's I, like, can figure it out later. Let's get everybody off planet first. He's like, oh, well, then I guess you better take care and do what I say. Basically, he was just being a jackass. Oh, absolutely. And then now the fact that it didn't land, I just feel that little bit of satisfaction that Mercury probably had that little panic attack, like, oh, crap. Right. I'm stuck down here, too. Yes. Until what he says later, which just pissed me off more. But (laughs) it was just one of those things, like, yeah, Mercury. Then I'm thinking, oh, crap, everybody else is stuck with him, though. Right. It's like, I can't win. (laughs) Right. Come on. And what's even stranger is, as everybody's looking up, it appears one of the moons seems to be melting away. Oh, Lord, this ain't good. I had noticed that, and I was thinking that it was actually supposed to be the uh, the shuttle. And I'm like, right. that's why I was confused. Yeah, the, the shuttle basically just disintegrated, and it just kind of went, Phew. But yeah, this the red thing was... Looked like it was part of a moon. Now, I could be wrong, too. No, I I didn't know what it was. I was just kind of, like, scratching my head because I was confused. Like, or is it some weird doorway? What is it? Right. Like, my mind was just filling in all sorts of things that it probably is not. Right. So, seeing that nobody can get off the planet, Holden decides that they need to go back to the metal mountain formation Holden previously explored. Seeing that it was created billions of years ago, it should be capable of withstanding a series of Armageddon-esque weather events. Let's hope so. I love it, too, because they're like, well, how do you know it's going to hold? How are we going to get in there? 
okay, you know what? Then sit here. Yeah. And they managed to make a small opening in front via Belter mining explosives. And Holden returns to camp to ensure everyone is finding cover en route to the mountain. Oh, my God. And that was horrible. Yes. Of course, Murtry pulls Chandra aside and makes sure her allegiance is still to him. I hope she shoots him first. Yeah. If Belters must die, she'll carry out her task as commanded because there's not going to be enough food to feed everybody. Question is, will she be willing to let Amos die? I well, don't we see, know. Uh, I don't think right. she will. That's why I just hope I, when she's like, yeah, I understand. It's us. And I feel like us is the people who are working together at that point. Right. Not you, Murtry. I hope you're right. We see Okoye is in her lab packing up her equipment. And she notices a strange anomaly in her eyes after running a scan. And I don't know who else out there suddenly had itchy eyes after this. <laughs> but I'll yes. tell you. Like, for three days, my eyes have been itching every time I think about this. And they are right now, and they're watering, because I'm like, <laughs> I have green eye. That's all I keep thinking. Not pink eye, it's green eye. Right. And she notices a strange anomaly in her eyes. Tiny green organisms appear to be taking up residence in her eyes. Well, let's welcome to the indigenous life forms on this planet. Great. Yep. It's similar to an eye infection, and it seems to be spreading around the encampment. She at least didn't have the green goop coming out. Right. Not yet. Oh, so, don't say that. <laughs> yeah. So we go back to the mountain, and we see Amos preparing to make his uh, descent into the machine, and Chandra plants a good luck smooch on him. That was pretty cute. It was, and it made me feel like she was going to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's never a good sign. I, no, it's like, no, you're going to die now because Amos yep. won't. And Amos makes it safely down, lets them know the coast is clear, and they begin lowering people down into the machine. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> now, Holden is surveying an almost desolate encampment, and he urges everyone still behind to brace themselves for the impact. And this that is was not fast. Yeah, he finds Okoye still in her lab attempting to haul a massive printer with her, and it's too late, because suddenly a surge of dust and wind accompanied by a massive aftershock sends glass shards flying and flattens the camp. I yeah. thought she got just a face full of glass. Yeah, not a, both of them did. Yeah, I'm like... But Holden and Okoye emerge after the shock to find a handful of dead bodies, and... A small boy crying for his parents. Oh, I'm like, no. Oh, yes. Apparently, his father went out to rescue his mother, and the pair never returned. Of course, Holden takes the child under his wing, and the two head for the mountain. Later, we see Holden making sure that everyone is safely inside, and he notices the horizon darkening by the second, an ominous warning to the tsunami to come. Now, I thought the tsunami was supposed to be several hours behind. Right. It was supposed to after. It didn't seem like it. No, it didn't. But when we see that they've constructed a massive metal sheet to act as a door rigged on a pulley system, and to build that and set that up, that probably did take a couple hours. Yeah. And, of course, the 
the ride Holden arrived back at the encampment on was destroyed. So he had to walk back, which probably took a couple hours. So yeah, I, I can buy it. Okay. I just, for some reason, like in my head right now, it just seemed like it was really fast. Right. Now Holden urges the team to shut it as quickly as they can, but they aren't being able to get it lifted. I don't know how with that many people. Right. And I'm like, all right, maybe some more of you guys grab the rope. Right. And yet he's going to be able to like pry it and get it on the other side. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So Holden gets outside and at first tries to lift it himself. And it's like, Holden, really? You think Miller's going to show up and give you a hand? Now, of course, he does find the big giant crowbar just happens to be hanging out there and starts to get it sort of on the way up. And just as the tsunami gets there, we see Holden diving inside and more than likely the water finished pushing that thing up. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. But again, holding my breath as everything was like pouring in along with Holden. Right. (laughs) But I mean, at least that went up. And I mean, all right. Uh, I hate that I say this. I understand that Mercury was right. Like, oh, I was hoping that we would be able to close it, but we had to blow it, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, that structure is probably really big. The amount right. of water that came in, I would think, would be going down, you know, down into the bottom of whatever massive thing this is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like you're going to be standing in it. No. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, more than likely. Of course, we've got some thoughts on that, too. All right. Yes, we got feedback from a couple of people this time. So let's start with our feedback from our friend, Fred, from the Netherlands. There's a tongue twister. Oh, let's take a listen. Hello, Steve and Sean. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for the X-Bound Season 4, Episode 6. I start feeling a little bit... Disappointed that the Bobby Draper story, although it goes on and on in its own track, doesn't interconnect with the other story. So it's really on its own and it's now the sixth episode. So I really wonder if these stories will intertwine and perhaps we have to wait until the finale of this season. What I found a little strange, but obviously they had no other choice, is that they find shelter in something that is underground, below. And when a tsunami is coming, that is of course a very big risk. Of course this makes it extra dramatic, but the makers of the series could have constructed it like that they get into the structure and they could get up into the structure, so it would be at higher grounds. And what of course was a very sad situation is the situation between Velsia and her mother. I get the impression there is some big mastermind behind all the things that happening with engines and shuttles blowing up and islands blowing up. It's not all random, I have the idea. Okay, greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Well, Fred, we're right there with you with the separate storyline that they seem to have Bobby on. We do not like it. We need Bobby on the Rossi. That's where we need her now. Yes, I wish she was there, like she would know what to do. Martian intuition. 
I don't know. She can survive. She can fix things. Yes. <laughs> Come on. Okay. When you're saying they're not connecting, I think the big word here is they're not connecting yet. Right. And if you remember the last episode, our new feedbacker, Christina, mentioned that this storyline is actually a separate book. So it kind of makes sense that it's going to take a while if they're going to explore even a tiny portion of this book before they get her reconnected to the main storyline. Well, let's hope so. Yeah. Now, as far as going up instead of down in the um, machine, yeah, I think that's probably what I would have tried to done as well, but didn't really, when you kind of look up there, it didn't look like there was... Like a platform or anything. A platform or anything that might have other hallways and stuff in them, so this may be the only place they have to settle into for the time being. I mean, I'm going to guess that there's other places. It's not just like a fork kind of thing, but we'll find out. I really think, yes, it's dangerous, but it's safer than being outside. So we'll have to roll with it and see what happens there. Right. And yeah, the first of the episode, I kind of gave my theory as to what's going on and that it has to do with the machines that because Holden destroyed one, that they're basically fighting back, and that's why the ship's engines are not working properly. I'm kind of thinking that it's probably whatever caused the island to explode may have sent a, a plume of chemical up into the atmosphere and within the the area where they're orbiting that may have caused the chemical reaction for the engines to stop working but they're gonna have to do something real soon or they're all gonna end up crashing but Uh, as always something something (laughs) yes as always fred we appreciate your feedback and are looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the rest of the season as we only have four more episodes left oh my gosh can't believe it's only four yes it feels like much more so far and much more to come but As our other feedbacker, Christina, has said, there is so much going on. So I don't even know where to begin. So let's jump (laughs) in with Christina. Yeah, she loves interacting with fellow Expanse fans. Now, she didn't have a lot of to say about this episode, and she was sure we would have feelings about Bobby, which (laughs) you voiced and we voiced. Yeah, cinematography this episode, though, it is amazing. Not even this episode, this whole season. Season has been just off the charts. Oh, my gosh. It's been amazing. And, okay, they probably got a better budget, but it's still, I think what we had previously and and now, it was good before and it's just gotten better. Right. So, And if it is actually possible... That the first three seasons are basically the prologue. Holy crap. We're in, in for so from... much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I sure hope Amazon decides to carry this as far as they possibly can. It'd be nice to see another series with a very 10 to 14 year run. Oh my gosh. Come on. We did it with Supernatural. That's right. We could definitely do that for. For this series. Okay, I do have to comment. All right, so Christina. (laughs) 
She does send us the email. Poor Chaika. He got a green eye infection, no playmates, and now he's an orphan. Do belters have child protective services? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think they might need some. But I'm so super happy that you are filling us in on the books without filling us in on the books. If you get it. (laughs) You're not spoiling anything. You're basically saying, Sean, read the damn book. (laughs) And every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, it's so big. Yep. And she goes into great detail on Nancy Gal versus Avasalara. And it's we definitely awesome. agree with what she says about this. And yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on on Earth that we only briefly got a glimpse of with people living in shanty towns and not being able to work. Because you know, most of the time, all we see on Earth is. Avasalara in her office area, her home. So yeah. we've said it many times that, yeah, Gal's pushing to give people hope by giving them the possibility of having a home of their own on the other side of the rings. But Avasalara is having to play mama and say, no, because I said so. <laughs> right. Because she knows full well that Gal either doesn't know everything or just doesn't care. So right. she's like, yeah, we should totally go there. You sound like a just a spoiled child. It's like, all right, Veruca, calm down. I know you want it all, and you want it right now, but it's not happening. Right. And she goes on to say, we're going to post this on our Facebook page, because right. there's a lot, and it's awesome. <laughs> she has so much. In regards to Murtry and how much I hate him, but why he's not liked by his own crew. Apparently, the RCE is a private military for big corporations. So they're mercenaries, essentially, which that's his people. They're just following the chain of command. Basically, they get paid. They're going to do what's being said. But the scientists are not part of it. They're just being escorted by them. And that's why the scientists are like, he's a jackass. Right. And we never really saw if he buried the men that were killed on the shuttle crash. Right. He may have just wiped his hands clean. To me, that's what he did. He doesn't care about the people who serve under him. No. It's all about him. And that he may have an illegal contract, actually, to get the belters out of there. So he's just going to get his rocks off by killing people. Yeah, because he wants to get the rocks off. Yeah. I hate him so much. Yes. And she actually has a comment or two for Fred. Hi, Fred. It's proto-molecule tech on Illus. Miller is able to interact with it because he is the investigator built from the proto-molecule which is connected to the Rossi node under the left I left keep under forgetting the that's under there. Yes. And yeah, Christian is suppositioning on what it means, but nothing went wonky with the planet until Holden showed up on the scene. With proto-molecule Miller. Yes. And we will get more explained about what the ruins are are oh yes i'm intrigued yes (laughs) and she also gives us a bit of mars this is for me because i'm like i don't understand (laughs) i really it's still it's like mars wanted independence from earth but now it's like okay but we're going to back off of this part but there's still like backing off the military It just still seems weird. I get it. 
But it's weird. And then this episode, it seems stranger. It's like, why are you decommissioning the plans? What is it to like create the atmosphere and everything on Mars? Right, right. Yeah, that means you would think that now that they're decommissioning a lot of their military, they would be putting more people back to work on the terraforming. Thank you. I like blank of on the, the planet. Because even though those other planets are out there, you can still have people go out and explore, but I feel like, you know what? This is our planet. We've been here for several generations. Christina points out three generations. I thought it was more than that, but maybe we still work on our home. Right. Because you don't know how those planets are going to go. And for all we know, the ring is going to snap shut at any minute. Oh, yeah. And that would be the perfect way to <laughs> put the military that are no longer needed and are serving to work. Uh-huh. I mean, that makes perfect sense. So Mars government's still a little wonky, and we're not sure if we can trust them for much of anything right now. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't trust any of them, except our little crew. Yep. Alice Laura, I love her, but I'm still like, sometimes she makes me question, like, hmm, who are you really, whose side are you on? Just in case. Yep. But. Thank you, Christina from Ohio. We get where she's from. Yes. Midwest. Woohoo. Yeah, we're all right within a state or two of each other, at least. And I believe we all say pop, but that's a whole yeah. other story. <laughs> well, seeing that I spent the last oh, 22 wait, years in Texas. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. thank you, Christina. Thank you, Fred. We totally appreciate your, your feedback and everything because it makes. All of this is so much more enjoyable, especially when Steve and I are a total blank with something from a, the book or that we just totally missed. Right. So we do love that you guys send us feedback. So thank you very much. And yes, after the season, we would definitely like to talk to you a little more, Christina. <laughs> About the book. All right. Thank you both very much. You guys know how Fred and Christina feel. You know how Steve and I feel. Why don't you let us know how you feel? Shoot us an email at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com or you can go over to www.fangirlzone.com and find our contacts page there and send us feedback anyway that's listed there. We'd love to hear it. And while you're at it, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you find us on, because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us, tell your friends about this amazing show because after hearing that this is only like a tiny bit of the first book, right? I want so <laughs> oh many seasons. I don't know yes. about you guys. Yeah. Christina telling us that it's going to make us read the books. So there's no <laughs> doubt in my mind. It just wets our whistle. Yeah. We hope you're enjoying our podcast and all of our randomness. And I want more. So for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve. This planet is going to look very different tomorrow. And until next time.